This is the common cheerleader, an American phenomenon. Her breasts are usually full, her waist basically narrow, her thighs incredibly creamy, her lips are moist and often occupied. Statistics show that the more active the cheerleader, the more successful the team. So I have a question. When you hear the word cheerleader, what comes to mind? Do you think of a nice, hardworking athlete who supports their school? Or do you think of a ditzy, slutty, mean girl who will stop at nothing, including murder, to get what she wants? Well, if the movies are any indication, then the answer is definitely the latter. Throughout cinema history, the film depiction of the American cheerleader has been, well, let's just say less than stellar. And so today on the season four premiere of Slums of Film History, we're gonna find out why. So shake your pom-poms with vigor and get a firm grip on your spirit stick because in this episode we're going to be aggressive, B-E aggressive, and show that we've got spirit, yes we do, for cheerleaders. This is Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is normally not discussed in polite company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and the school's the other. We discuss everything from S&M Nazis to murderous children to big-ass insects. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hey, Slate. Hi, Tom. Welcome back. It's season four. It's good to be back. And welcome back to uh, the listeners out there. We appreciate you coming back, too. Thanks so. for coming back. I always say this every time, but it feels like we never left. This, uh, I kind of feel a little bit different. This felt like a really long break. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, maybe. too long, I, I can think. see that. Yeah. So what did you do on our break? I don't know. I feel like I did nothing. I feel like I did shit. <laughs> like, I feel like nothing happened. I, I feel that way. But we did some stuff. We, in between, we hung out and did some things. We know. did. We don't see each other that often, but we did go to the beach for my birthday, which yeah, that was, was great. super fun. Yeah. It was great. Whatever. We've been slacking. We'll, we'll pick it up this we're fall. Gonna, we go we're going to do festivals. better. We're going to yeah. do better. Yeah, we're going to do better. Before we get started, though, I always do this every season, but I always thank John Patterson for our theme song, because it's, again, an integral part of this podcast. It's, yeah. you know, it's our, it's our anthem. So thanks, we, John for that we always appreciate it we honestly didn't have a podcast until the music came through that's and then it was true. like okay this is gonna be something so yeah. good yeah yeah thanks, John. that's right so yeah thanks john and if you want to hear uh, more of his music again he's in soundcloud under his last name patterson so he should be easy to find so if you want to listen to more of his tracks so anyway thanks again john 
All right, well, let's get this topic going. I'm ready. So I'm oddly excited about this topic mm-hmm. because this is definitely something that I never thought like I would be doing. Sure. Like You didn't think it was a thing. I didn't think it was a thing until I started looking into it more. I'm like, all right, this would be a good topic. Mm-hmm. So, And it's not like I'm fascinated in general with cheerleaders, but then looking at this de- depiction of them in film and how just all the crazy shit, it's like, this is a so cool topic. So now you are. So you now weren't I am. when so you started, now you are. Yeah, yeah, now I am. So you've got a literal boner for cheerleaders now. Yeah. For a different reason than I used to. But yeah, exactly. Before we get going, though, I want to say that like most of these topics, uh, there are tons of examples of cheerleaders in movies and cheerleading sure. characters. And I had to pick and choose because, mm-hmm. again, we keep with our hour format and there's this, we'll end up talking about shit for hours and hours if I wanted to hit every Yeah, and example. if you're just babbling about every cheerleader in a movie, it's like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. I picked and choose what I thought was relevant. Certainly, our listeners have been good about calling out other examples or yeah, saying, sure. hey, here's something good maybe you should have used. So we always appreciate that. So please keep doing that. But understand, I usually just pick choice ones to make sure that, you know, I we edit ourselves. We, That's yeah. what we're saying. So again, slums of film history. Let's talk about some history because yep. this is how we always start. And I want to talk a little bit about history and cheerleading. So the earliest form that I could find of what could be considered cheerleading was ancient Rome. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was for like events that took place in the Colosseum, but not like gladiator matches, like other Colosseum events. Gladiators kind of had their own hype people that I guess got the crowd. Roman going. hype. Yeah, they did the wave or Squat. whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever they did. Mm-hmm. The events that did have organized cheerleaders were the chariot races. They actually had their own cheering like group that would like go Charlton Heston or whatever because I'm just thinking oh, of sure no I was oh. yeah thinking about like Joaquin Phoenix and um, yeah but yeah so the Caligula. chariot races yep. they had they had cheerleaders for oh, chariot races so, great yeah Caligula they, was a cheerleader and there's actually some ancient carvings that showed like the che- the chariot cheerleaders oh really yeah that's so, interesting yeah yeah so. I actually that I've learned something now <laughs> I'm it's glad an actual piece of history alright I'm gonna go drink I think my mission's yeah, we're accomplished done. yeah we're done Anyway, fast forward a few thousand years, and if you look at cheerleading in the U.S., supposedly the beginnings of modern cheerleading began on, and they actually have a date, November 6th, 1869. Okay. That's uh, when the U.S. had its first intercollegiate football game. It took place between Princeton and Rutgers University, and they marked the day the original Sis Boom Ra cheer, because that's that's the first cheer that that's Sis Boom Ra. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. That was shouted out by students. And then as early as 1877, Princeton University had a Princeton cheer, and that was their own little specific Princeton cheer. Okay. And then in 1884, a guy named Thomas Peebles, he was a graduate from Princeton University. So cheerleading has his roots in Princeton, uh, a lot of it. But anyway, this guy, Thomas Peebles, he was a graduate of Princeton University in 1882. He moved to Minnesota in 1884, and he came up with the idea of like having organized crowds at football games. Mm-hmm. And so this started in the University of Minnesota. So this Thomas Peebles guy was considered like the guy that started all that shit, but or at least was like the precursor to modern cheerleading. I guess the guy, the, the individual who gets the most credit for uh, modern cheerleading, or at least the origins of modern cheerleading, is, is a guy named John Campbell. And on November 2nd, 1898, he and several other young men were officially selected to lead like the, they call them the yelling teams back then. Mm -hmm. And at the last Minnesota home game of the season, they started doing that stuff. But they were male cheerleaders. They were all male cheerleaders. And this was considered the first pep squad. Uh So with that groundwork, the next big date that would signify the era of modern cheerleading is in 1923 at the University of Minnesota, where women were permitted to participate in cheerleading. Mm -hmm. They were finally allowed to participate in cheerleading. They were banned from cheerleading, basically. They were like, women can't cheerlead. Oh, silly women, they can't cheer. (laughs) Finally, that kind of came back around. Then women cheerleaders started taking over. Cheer squads became predominantly women around the 1940s, around World War II. So that's just some background. Thank you. Yeah, just to kind of give you an idea of where Helpful. cheerleading, modern cheerleading come from. So right now I'm going to let you know, I'm going to breeze through the 50s and 60s. During my research, 
I was trying to find movies or depictions of cheerleaders, and there really isn't much. I mean, the way cheerleaders looked that I could tell, or at least their depiction that I could tell from the films at that time, which there aren't many, is this that it's a popular girl thing. Yeah, sure. You know, it's a nice girl. It's a a female sport is what it's treated as. And it's just like, oh, Cindy's nice and she's popular. The closest other thing I could find maybe is like the Brady Bunch where like (laughs) Marsha Brady was a cheerleader and she was a nice girl. You know what I mean? Like, but that's a popular girl kind of sport. Right, sure. It's just not interesting. It's not interesting. And they just, they didn't feature prominently with characters in that time frame. Right. So it just existed. It wasn't a thing. It really wasn't a thing. So I ignored the 50s and 60s. One thing to note though, that was a big deal in the 60s in regards to cheerleading is that cheerleaders were introduced to the NFL at the late 60s. Okay. And beginning with the the then Baltimore Colts. So they had the first cheerleading squad for the NFL. Oh, wow. Yeah. So with that being said, skipping the 60s, I'm going straight to the 70s because the 70s is where the shit really started happening. Great. So the first movie I could find from the 70s that dealt with cheerleading was called The Cheerleaders Mm -hmm. from 1973. Literal. And it's about a group of cheerleaders from this local high school who decide to show their school spirit for their football team by sleeping with the opposite team the night before the big game so they'll be too tired to play football correctly. Okay. I mean, that's not an awful plan. That's not a bad plot. Yeah. Like, that's that's a solid scheme. Yeah, sure. I mean, if... If someone told me that plan, I would be like, there are many ways of handling the situation. Right. That seems legit. Like, if a cheerleading squad came to me and they said, we have this plan, I would say, you want to rehearse this scheme, you know, and I can help. Right, sure. Yeah. To make sure you get it right. To make sure you get it right. Then, right. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to just up. jump right in. No, you want to make sure, sure that, that, yeah, that yeah. it works. Yeah. It's fair to assume that if three cheerleaders can lead a team to six victories, imagine what six cheerleaders can do. Mom, Dad, I made the team! Come huddle with the cheerleaders. They will do anything to make their team win. So it's a sexploitation comedy, obviously. But right out of the gate, one of these main movies about cheerleaders is a sexploitation slutty cheerleader movie. Mm -hmm. Sure. So anyway, part of the plot again. So the main character is this cheerleader named Jeannie. And the actress is named Stephanie Fondue. Fondue. Yeah, which sounds like a porn name to me. That's why I mentioned it. And she joins the cheerleading team and... She's like a virgin. It's like that character where she just can't seem to get laid. And finally she does. And it's like, it's all happy. And they, and they, and spoiler, everybody fucks everybody that they're, they're too tired to play. I think both teams get fucked by cheerleaders. And so they're like crawling on the field at the end. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something else. It's a free movie uh, on YouTube. I'll put it on the site, but it is like, it's a raunchy sexploitation boobs. I'm and down with this. Bush. This it's sounds like a good, good movie. Yeah. 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 It's something, it's something else. So, but one thing also, and I almost forgot this. Uh, there's a scene where Jeannie, the main girl, she's being initiated into the, the cheerleading team. Mm-hmm. And so what she has to do is take a shower in the men's locker room while they're at practice. Sure. But they set her up by like having her take the shower in the in the locker room right when practice is over. So the men come in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's like full frontal nudity or whatever. And she's like, oh, no, I'm trying to get out. And they like chase her around and like fondling. Like it's very rapey. Oh, no. Right. But, but they're but, like, this is funny. This is fun. Because we're groping a naked girl in the shower, this whole group of guys. And they play slapsticky music right. with it. It's really, it's kind of troubling. Sure. It's and a very like, she asked for it. Yeah, she's she like, oh, exists. Oh, oh. Right. Boys will be boys. Right. Can, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, funny. That was that was kind of troubling. Yeah. But the the rest of the movie is actually, I mean, it's it's awful. Yeah. But it's kind of funny. But it's just the slutty cheerleader right out of the gate. You've sold me. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. So the next movie I want to talk about is the swinging cheerleaders from 1974. Okay. You're getting a little bit of a theme yep, here. Yep. And so, and that was actually directed by your buddy Jack Hill. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. The plot goes like this. In order to write an article for the Mesa University College newspaper on how cheerleading demeans women, 
Uh, this reporter infiltrates a cheerleading squad, so she goes undercover. And then, of course, mayhem happens. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those sexploitation movies with female nudity and cheerleaders fuck everybody. And we can win the game by fucking everybody. When you say full nudity, is this like boobs and bush? Yes. Okay. Full, there's full Good. frontal nudity. I mean, why have a cheerleader movie if you're not going to show bush? I agree. Something to note, which, of course, in these 70s movies, they're free to show boobs and butts, but no penis. Uh-huh. Right. Of sure. course. The men, yeah. that's, that's going too far. We've already, we've covered that. We've definitely covered mm-hmm. that. And they covered it as well because you couldn't see it. So. Yep. Take eight attractive young college co-eds, put them on the cheerleader squad, and you have the Swinging Cheerleaders, an action-packed, fun-filled adventure of contemporary college life. What's the idea of sitting there in the front row with no underpants on like that? Don't you know what that does to me when I'm trying to explain permutations? Watch for them. The Swinging Cheerleaders. I watched some of the Swinging Cheerleaders. Honestly, The Cheerleaders is a better film. Yeah. I mean, worse, but better. More watchable than sure. Swinging Cheerleaders. Yeah. But yeah, it's a Jack Hill movie. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. And of course, after these two movies, they were just coming out with these types of movies. I'll give you some titles. Mm-hmm. And they're roughly the same thing. There's Revenge of the Cheerleaders from 1975. The Pom Pom Girls from 1976. Uh-huh. Cheerleaders Beach Party from 1978. Sure. And so I'm just naming all these, but there's a couple of standouts I kind of want to talk about a little bit more. One of them I want to talk about a little bit is called Satan's Cheerleaders from oh, 1977. Yeah. When Satan's cheerleaders get the power, watch out. You're going to have a devil of a good time. We're rated PG. So it's about, from what I can gather, it's about this janitor at this high school who's like a, actually a scout for a coven of Satanists, mm-hmm. I guess, to get people to sacrifice or whatever, or a virgin to sacrifice. One day he captures his cheerleading squad, but it turns out one of them's a witch, so I guess they turn the tables. I don't know. I tried to watch it. It's It wasn't that just good. Couldn't handle for a movie it, yeah. that's Satan's cheerleaders. That sounds great. It sounds like it yeah. that should be gold. Right. But it's not really good. But it's still, it's the slutty cheerleaders, but with a Satan twist. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? Every movie in the 70s was about Satan anyway. We that's talked true. about that. So yep. that would make sense, that this one. And then the next one I want to talk about is this uh, one called The Great American Girl Robbery. Mm-hmm. And it's about a cheerleader bus that gets hijacked by terrorists. It's like Die Hard with slutty cheerleaders. Oh, wow. And so the Great American Girl Robbery, like they turn the tables on their kidnappers, but just it's still a sexploitation, like slutty girl movie in that one of the methods that they use to subdue their hijackers is they tie all their panties together and like trip them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what you gotta do. Yeah. A lot of solid plants in this solid, episode, right. I, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Clearly cheerleaders can think on their feet oh, or, yeah. or on their back, whatever. Yep. But yes. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of all this talking about these movies and it's it's interesting to me just because it's like really nothing was said or done in regards to a cheerleading character up to this point that was notable and as soon as the 70s hit it's like they're They're slutties fucking the team you know ditzy that that whole right every cheerleader is a slut yeah Yeah. that whole trope just came out of the gate yeah so while researching i was like why was this trope immediately established outside uh, right out of the gate well let's take a step back and like i said in the late 60s the nfl had adopted cheerleaders so by the early 70s, more teams had started getting their own cheerleading squads. As a matter of fact, there were 11 teams that had squads by 1970. That includes like the Atlanta Falcons. They had the Falconettes, the Original. Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. Cowbells. Cowbells? Yeah. Even that's yeah, I know. offensive. It is. The Kansas City Chiefettes. Because of the Chiefs, yeah. So also unoriginal names. Oh, well, here's this one's even better. The Washington Redskins Redskinettes. That's... They're, they're terrible. So... 
yeah, unoriginal. Yeah, it's awful. Like, yeah, yeah. But the big thing that happened, and why we're talking about slutty cheerleaders, is because in 1972, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys said he wanted to sex it up. Mm-hmm. So instead of having normal cheerleading squads, they hired very attractive women. They gave them sluttier outfits that had the midriff bearing sure. outfits. They started training them as dancers, so they upped the, right. the sex. They were like, this is Cheerleaders 2.0. Right. Yeah. And so that was the turning point for cheerleaders. And automatically, as soon as that happened, when you sexualize cheerleaders, exploitation movies are going to be like, they're sluts. Right. Let's make them fuck everybody. Sure, it's yeah. great. Plus, they're in uniforms. There's a fetish piece to that. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's it's a no-brainer. Right, you know? sure. Men were like, let's take these women and turn them into this thing. And then men in film followed. Right. Yeah. And I think that all of that culminated... With a movie that you talked about in Golden Age of Porn. Uh-huh. I know you know which one. I'm so I'm excited. Saying. So can you guess what movie? Debbie Does Dallas. Debbie Does Dallas from 1978. You want to talk about that one? Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't really talk about it much in the Golden Age of Porn because honestly, it was a little bit past the Golden Age of Porn. Um, Debbie Does Dallas was kind of l- later on in that 78, like already porn was starting to kind of like not be as much of a mainstream thing. I'm going to make a blanket statement. I don't know if this is true or not. Okay. But from what I understand, porn was a very adult thing. Debbie Does Dallas was the first thing to really start to bring in underage, the underage idea into it. So right. as far as I can tell, like in porn, it was very adult. It was, you know, mustachioed men and, you yeah. know, uh, women of a certain age. And that really sexualized teens. I, I think it that. was the first thing to really sexualize teens on a big scale. That makes sense. As for the the plot of this movie, though, and I'll just have to tell people the plot. I don't think we talked about it before, but... It's very complicated. <laughs> yeah, very complex, interwoven plot. <laughs> a lot of tricks and turns. Well, tricks, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So it focused on a team of cheerleaders attempting to earn money to send their title character, Debbie, to Dallas, Texas, to try out for the Texas Cowgirls. You know, I'm doing air quotes for those who can't see me. A cheerleading squad. So it's clearly a Dallas Cowboys parody. They're trying to say this Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. So, you know, they fucked their way through tryouts, basically. Which is a, that's a a heartwarming, you know, all-American story, as Mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I think it all came together, as it were, Eh. with Debbie Does Dallas. But definitely that whole 70s cheerleaders sexploitation thing put that little kernel of stereotype into what would follow cheerleaders around forever. Right. We're going to leave the 70s on that point and kind of move to the 80s where you'll see some other stereotypes that sort of made their way in. I just want to add one quick thing about Debbie Does Dallas, which I just looked on IMDb during the break, and it's not credited, but Robert Kerman, who is one of the lead characters in Cannibal Holocaust, is in Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, I didn't realize that. So, yeah, he's... uh, we constantly talk about kind of we'll do an episode on this at some point but porn actors that actually made the jump to legitimate film as if uh cannibal holocaust is a very legitimate very film. legit very but uh, but he film. was actually one of the leads in uh cannibal holocaust one well, of our favorite movies to talk about right so. that ties back to our very first episode That's see right. it all comes back around thanks slate you're welcome so and i actually jumped the gun a little bit there's a couple of things i want to talk about before we leave the 70s. Mm-hmm. So the first is, I talked about Debbie Does Dallas. Well, there was actually a TV movie about the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders that came out in 1979, starring Jane Seymour. And sure. it's actually a ripoff of the Swinging Cheerleaders in that it's an, a reporter trying to get an inside story into Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. I heard it's a terrible TV movie, but I, I just find it funny that they're trying to make a legit Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader movie. And it's the same plot as a sexploitation slutty movie from a few years before. So sure, yeah. Had to point that out. Another thing from the 70s and early 80s that I want to touch on that I I think is another trope that started working its way into the cheerleader stereotype is uh, one of them from Greece, mm-hmm. 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, the musical Greece, which we talked about in Street Gangs, and that was... Go ahead, bring uh, it yeah, up again. I'm not bringing that up okay, again. Great. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I don't need to say anything. 
But if you remember the main cheerleader girl there, mm-hmm. Patty Simcox, she was the upbeat one that oh, was yeah. like, yeah, you can they be made, the cheerleading squad. And she right, was sure. annoying. And they it was made like fun the of her. Yeah. They made fun She's of her. Stupid, yeah. It was one of the first like mainstream representations of the uncool cheerleader, like that that trope that they're just not cool. Right, they sure. Suck. They're like nerds, they're, kind yeah, of. Yeah. And they're just dumb and nerdy and annoyingly upbeat. Right. Hi, I'm Patty Simcox. Welcome to Right Well, I hope you'll be at cheerleader tryouts. We'll have so much fun and get to be lifelong friends. But another piece of that, too. Okay, well, let's flip to the 80s. And the movie I want to talk about is Fast Times at Ridgemont High from 1982. So if you remember that movie, there was a scene in there where it had like the spirit bunnies at the pep rally, like mm-hmm. in the school, and they're all like, yay, we got spirit, and nobody gives a shit. They're all sitting there like, this sucks. So that kind of carried that stereotype over where they're annoyingly upbeat. School spirit's uncool. Nobody's really into it. Right. It's like, you, you're you just being ridiculous. So well, cheerleaders a- don't smoke, and everyone knows that right. smoking it makes you cool, so. We just want to say that we're not spirit bunnies anymore. We always hated that name. It bugged the heck out of Dina and me. It's just such a put down. Really? We know you've got a lot of spirit, everybody, right? And we're gonna destroy Lincoln next week, all right? You know, it takes a lot of courage to get up here and do something that you know people will make fun of. Believe it or not, I didn't pull a lot of examples from the 80s. Mm-hmm. I tried to pull the strongest ones because I've got a lot more going forward, but I just wanted to hit some of the main tropes. So there's really roughly three movies I'm going to talk about. You know, four. But first one is Can't Buy Me Love from 1987. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this movie? Uh, I remember the VHS cover at the video store. Yeah. And the one that you walked by to yeah. get Cannibal Holocaust. Right, and, sure. Whatever. Cindy Mancini and Ronald Miller live on the same street, but they're in totally different worlds. Wouldn't you like to be popular? Cindy's hot, Ronald's not, but he's got a plan that could change all that. I want to rent you. Rent me? Yeah. You pretend you like me, and we go out for just a few weeks. Just going out with me is not going to make you popular. Well, I have a thousand dollars. It says it will. It's the comedy that proves a thousand dollars can buy popularity, but it can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. It's such a such a heartbreaker. So this movie stars Patrick Dempsey and Amanda Peterson, and it's about this nerd in, in high school who pays a cheerleader a thousand bucks to pretend to be his girlfriend for a month. A thousand dollars? Yeah, that's aggressive. Okay, I know, that's some, yeah, that's, that's decent money. Yeah, that's like I'd do it. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'd do it now. I'd yeah. do it in 2017 money. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be like, that sounds solid. I'll right. pretend like I'm dating you. So, mm-hmm. but the stereotype it brought out was that the cheerleaders are super popular, desirable. You know, they're bitches too. But they're unattainable. So, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The yeah, sure. part of the 80s popular girl would be a if cheerleader. If you're the like head cheerleader, like that's as high as you right. can get. Yeah. And the way the movie went, being associated with her, you know, Patrick Dempsey's character got cooler mm-hmm. because he was dating Doi, the cheerleader. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, that yeah. would happen in real life. So that kind of brought that stereotype of the bitchy, stuck up cheerleader who's got very popular in school, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of counteracting the Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is they're uncool and right. they got this school spirit. There's different levels shitty. of, there's different groups in, in yes. school that are cool. Yeah. Right. And so this movie kind of started bringing out the cool hierarchy of cheerleaders or special people. Uh, the next movie we want to talk about kind of switches it up, but it's like the first real horror movie 
with cheerleaders that mm-hmm. I could find of any nature besides like Satan's cheerleaders, which wasn't much of anything. But this one's a cheerleader camp from 1988. Have you ever heard of this? Called Cheerleader Camp? Cheerleader Camp. I don't think so. It's this group of cheerleaders that become the targets of an unknown killer at this remote summer camp. Mm-hmm. This movie's fucking bonkers. And its cheerleaders are totally slutty bitches. When you say they're bitches, you mean like they are bi- they're bitchy to each other. They're, yeah, they're like, bitchy you're to everybody. Fat. Yeah, yeah. All of you are fat and like, right. yeah. Okay, got it. But this isn't the first cheerleader camp movie that I could find. The first one I found from the 80s was from 1984 and it's called Gimme an F. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about that. Oh, and that's awesome. So I'm only going to touch on it a little bit. No pun intended. Don't touch cheerleaders. <laughs> it's another wannabe sex comedy. And there's really no nudity. But there is like a really... I feel like you might talk about this. I'm going the, to. The super gay scene in there. Mm-hmm. I don't gay. talk about it in my episode. So if you want to talk about it, you can. All right, there's a super gay dance scene where they're watching this guy dance in, I guess, his underwear or something. Mm-hmm. And it's it's super gay. Yep. Anything you want to add? Nope. Uh, okay. I guess, I guess I touched that one. So back to cheerleader camp, switching gears again. It's fucking bonkers. I mean, it's watchable, but it has mm-hmm. the world's worst rap scene in it. Oh, really? It's this fat guy and this other white guy, and it's the worst. I'm going to put a clip in here. Oh, it's, I can't wait. It is god yeah. awful. It makes you want to kill everybody, including the people that made the movie. Mm-hmm. Last is glory. This is her story. She's our gator. You'll be seeing her later. And we're Brad and Timmy. We're part of the bunch. Gonna take the crown, and it ain't no hunch. Now get ready to all right well moving on the next movie i want to talk about is heathers from 1988 oh i love it i love this movie heathers is movies. just it's one of the best movies out it deserves there. every wonderful thing that people say about it it's just such a great movie right and i don't want to discuss too much because this will show up in a future episode mm-hmm. anyway it's a it's a fucking classic yeah you know it stars christian slater and winona Ryder. shannon doherty she is in this a as well very watchable shannon doherty yeah. performance yeah yeah she was one of the bitchy heathers yeah so the plot if you haven't seen this movie first of all go see this movie well i'll kill you yeah if we you haven't seen heathers you. But it's about this girl who's trying to join this group of popular girls all, that are all named Heather. So mm-hmm. this girl, Veronica, played by Winona Ryder, she wants to be part of this Heather group, which is Shannon Doherty's one of the Heathers. But she gets involved with this bad guy, quote unquote, Christian Slater's first big role. A very Jack Nicholson. Very Jack Nich- yeah. Nicholson. But, but charming. And he's oh, great. great. He's great. Terrific. And he's yeah. a sociopath. And, and things happen. Mm-hmm. I bring this up because all the Heathers are like bitches. Yeah, yeah. They're at the height of the food chain in school. And do whatever the fuck they want. And one of them is a cheerleader. And she's so she's that bitchy, the lead Heather, terrible. Yeah. yeah, the lead Heather is a, a cheerleader. She's a bitch. She's a fucking monster. I love it. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> but again, that helped feed that popular girl cheerleader bitch stereotype that can do whatever the fuck they want and they run the school yep so you'll see more of that as we go forward interesting side note on heathers did you know that heathers was a box office bomb when it Mm -hmm. came out it made no money it got terrible reviews and it's you know quickly i think it turned into a cult movie i don't think it was one of those things that 10 years later you know because i remember watching it at a friend's house on vhs and being like you know i was a kid if it was on vhs i probably saw it when i was nine or ten and being like this movie is amazing yeah we can't sell heathers enough it's one of the greatest movies oh, i completely I've ever seen. agree yeah so yeah watch it all right well let's move on i'm gonna move on to the 90s again touching on the 80s you've got the cheerleader bitch popular girl that started to come forward. Mm -hmm. Well, the 90s immediately sort of gave us something else, which was the cheerleader with something to hide that had a dark past. Oh, yeah. And the example I'm going to start with is actually a TV show, Twin Peaks from 1990. Sure, yeah. So as you know, there's a new season that's been released on Showtime. Yep. And from what I can tell, it's got great reviews. I haven't watched it. And honestly, I didn't watch much of the 
first iteration of this show back in the 90s. I've seen one or two episodes. I've been meaning to keep up with it, but then research happened and I just haven't finished it. Sure. Oh, I saw it as an adult. So I yeah. remember when it was on and it was, I, I was too young. I didn't understand it. And so I didn't watch it as a kid, but I've watched it as an adult and right. it is really something. I think that the redux that David Lynch is making right now, I think is extremely complicated and mm-hmm. extremely David Lynch. And I think that, you know, it's getting some good reviews, some bad reviews, but it looks like it's coming around. It oh, looks good. like that people are being like, oh, wait, sorry to give, have given it a couple of bad reviews. It's coming back. There's a bigger thing here now oh, that's yeah so i'm really excited about it but i'm waiting till the whole thing comes out to watch it again so. yeah yeah i'm gonna end up just probably burning through a big marathon of the yeah, whole thing that's what I'm gonna do too. but anyway for those of you who don't know at least the initial series that came out in 90 and lasted two seasons it's only like two 92, seasons right movie in between and a movie in between but the series follows an fbi investigation headed by special agent dale cooper who's played by cal mclaughlin and mm-hmm. still is into the murder of a popular homecoming queen named laura palmer who was played by cheryl lee and it's in the fictional town of Twin Peaks, Washington. The show was, you know, it was a massive fucking hit. It was huge. But the character of Laura Palmer, well, she had a lot of secrets. Yeah, yeah. And she was a very popular girl in high school. She's a homecoming queen. Mm-hmm. You know, so she had this front where she, you know, she was a cheerleader, but she also did like Meals on Wheels. You know, so she was like she a, was a like good, wholesome girl. girl. Yeah. But then they had this other side of her where she was like all fucked up. She was like, I think, a prostitute. She did drug use and she had this whole other life Don't that was. Spoiler, but yes, that's, yeah, I mean, that's the David Lynch thing. It's lurking Midwestern American, every town USA lurking beneath it is... The seedy underbelly of the, yeah, of the nice small town USA. And so that personified itself with this cheerleader, homecoming queen character of Laura Palmer hiding a dark secret. We'll see much more of that going forward with this cheerleader trope, but I think that put that seedling in there and yeah. just made it a, a plot point in the cheerleader stereotype that that's part of a front hiding something sinister. Sure, yeah. Oddly enough, around this time period, you know, you've got this sinister darkness of Twin Peaks. Real life kind of tied into that, so I have to mention an issue that I think you know exactly what I'm about I to do, talk yeah. about. God, I forgot about this. Yeah, so this involves a woman named Wanda Holloway, and I know you know this story, and probably our listeners do <laughs> yeah. too, but if you don't, you might want to ask, who is she? Well, she's a woman who wanted her daughter, Shana, or Shanna, I think it's Shanna, to be a cheerleader so bad. Such that a in, cheerleader name. I know, Shanna the cheerleader. Shanna. Hey, Shanna. My name is Shanna. Shanna's such a fucking bitch. Oh, I hate Shanna. Fucking bitch. Such a cunt. Yeah. But, you know, anyway, where were we? Oh, so Shanna, that fucking, <laughs> fucking bitch, uh, she, her mom wanted her to be a cheerleader so bad that in 1991, when Shanna tried out for her junior high school squad and barely missed out, Holloway asked her ex-brother-in-law, a guy named Terry Harper, to hire a hitman to kill Verna Heath, who was the mother of a 14-year-old girl who had beaten Shanna into the squad. Right. Holloway's theory was that if Heath's daughter uh, would be so devastated by her mother's death that she would drop she out of the cheerleader. She couldn't cheer. She, couldn't yeah, she cheer. just couldn't cheer because right. of all this grief, and thereby giving the spot to Shanna. It didn't quite work out that way. Harper, the guy she tried to hire, went straight to the police after he was approached by Holloway, and of course she was arrested. Anyway, if anybody is around or remember the early 90s, this thing blew the fuck up. Oh, yeah. This was a huge, huge story. The, the murdering cheerleader mom was just like, it was everywhere. Yeah. I think the only thing that eclipsed that was like the OJ thing in the 90s, but right. this thing was everywhere. Yeah, it was Late like that. jokes. Let's not discount Lorena Bobbitt, though. Okay, Lorena that's a, Bobbitt that's a, yeah. was a very big deal, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take anything 
anything away right, from sure. Lorena. So the three of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was the news cycle. Anyway, the trial was crazy. There was a mistrial and then a bunch of settlement stuff. But all in all, Wanda was convicted in 1996 to 10 years in jail, but was released like March 1st of 1997 after serving just six months of her sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judge ordered her to serve the remaining 9.5 years on probation and to complete 1,000 hours of community service. Sure. Crazy shit. This is the Channel View pom-pom mom. Wanda Webb Holloway wanted her daughter to be a cheerleader. Police say she wanted that so bad she would have killed for it. Her story comes to Channel 13 this Sunday as a made-for-TV movie. But Holloway's alleged murder-for-hire isn't the first time a Houston crime has gone Hollywood. So it would only be a matter of time before this influenced some sort of film, right? Mm -hmm. And the first one was called Willing to Kill, the Texas Cheerleader Story from 1992. And it was an ABC film with Lizzie Ann Warren and as Wanda Holloway. So it was the actual story, but as a TV movie. And it was like a kind of dr- dramatic, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it? it's probably the equivalent of a Hallmark movie yeah. now. You know what I mean? Lizzie Lifetime. Ann Warren, the actress from Clue that played Miss Scarlet. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. See, there you go. You're learning stuff. The next movie was called The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom, a 1993 HBO film which starred Holly Hunter as Wanda Holloway. Yeah, this movie is bomb. Like, when this came out, I was like, this is amazing. It's yeah. an amazing movie. HBO, when they're on, they're on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah. And, I mean, this the title itself is very tongue-in-cheek yeah. and dark comedy. This, and it's Holly Hunter. She's, and it's Holly Hunter. Yeah. I feel like this is like something John Waters should have done. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I bet he's obsessed with this whole thing. Uh, he's yeah. got to be. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a perfect story for him to have done as a movie. Yeah. I'm really surprised he didn't get the rights for it. But did you have anything else to add about that? One no, it's Halloween a great. Movie? I mean, it was just a great movie. It I remember when it came story. out and I remember being like, Holly, uh, Holly Hunter is just, I can't yeah. say enough great things about her, but it was just the perfect role for her and she yeah. nailed it. And the interesting part and why I even bring this up, you know, here's a real life incident that along with Twin Peaks started cementing the you know there's something seedy behind the world sure. of cheerleading that will they're not either just like a slut or a bitch they could be a complicated character <laughs> right right there could be murder involved right you know so that element that baggage the started stakes of cheerleading stuff. are higher than we yeah, initially she, thought yeah mm-hmm. they don't fucking play yeah another movie that came out the year after the the wanda holloway movie uh, is called a friend to die for also known as death of a cheerleader and that was a lifetime television movie and it's a film about a popular Chilean girl played by Tori Spelling. Oh. Who gets murdered by some loser girl who, like, wants to be cool mm-hmm. like her. Sure. Like Tori Spelling, the coolest girl ever. Yeah. yeah. It's supposedly a really bad film. I know I'm selling it probably too it sounds much. Sounds great. More. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tori Spelling gets murdered by some girl that's obsessed with her mm-hmm. lifetime. But I think it's just really bad. Probably. But anyway, the film is based on a real-life murder of a girl named Kristen Costas. On June 23rd, 1984, in California, she was murdered by her classmate, a girl named Bernadette Prady, because Prady was jealous of Costas. Well, her name's Bernadette. That's not a cheerleader name. No, it's, it's, it's not really a her name. fault. Yeah. And yeah. it's her parents' fault, too. Yeah, her name, they, if her name was Shanna. If it was Shanna, she maybe could have gotten somewhere. Yeah. But There's her parents, no cheerleaders named Bernadette. I'd be a murderer, murdering yeah, it's a bad too, if, if I was named Bernadette. Dowdy. So. so anyway, Bernadette was trying to follow Kristen in her that's footsteps. A cheer- See, that's, that's a, a cheerleader name. name. And Bernadette was like, I hate you so much. And so they, she tried to follow in her footsteps, but she didn't make the team. She wasn't cool. She wasn't popular. So she basically got a butcher knife and killed Kristen. I mean... Yeah, she had it coming, I guess. I, I mean, know. that's... She, yeah. I feel like she handled that situation correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else were you going to do with a right. name like Bernadette? I mean, we keep talking about, like, cheerleader movies having all these plots, tying your underpants together, right. and, you know, like, they come up with this great idea. If the idea was stab a bitch, and, well, yeah, decent idea. And it worked. 
worked and yep. she killed her yep. and she was sentenced to seven years in prison but i guess because she was a minor mm-hmm. and that was that's it she went to seven years in prison right. for They're killing like, sorry bernadette yeah, but like in spoilers she never made the squad yeah yes yeah, oh. but so the next cheerleader thing i want to talk about though and this is from the 90s is buffy the vampire slayer from 1992 mm-hmm I'm talking about the movie, not the TV show, though we'll bring up the show a little bit. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was actually a movie before it was a long-running TV show. Right. It Paul was written, Rubens? Is that right? Paul Rubens, yeah. a.k.a. Pee-wee. Pee-wee Herman, yeah. played one of the main... He wasn't the main vampire, but he played one of the bigger vampire bad guys. Mm-hmm. Rutger Howard was actually like the main bad oh, okay. guy. Luke Perry was in it. Oh, right. Luke. Hilary Swank was in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Donald Sutherland was in it, because I guess he had taxes to pay. Gosh, and I Christy Swanson the- was Buffy. Oh, right. I missed the whole Buffy thing. Right. Worst gay ever. Know nothing no. about Buffy. I heard the show's great. Honestly, I haven't watched it. Yeah. The movie's forgettable. Mm-hmm. It's not really that good. And actually, the character of Buffy, she was a very shallow, ditzy cheerleader at the beginning of the movie. I actually watched the movie for this episode. Mm-hmm. I died a little. But her character is your shallow, vapid, bitchy cheerleader character until she finds out that from Donald Sutherland, who plays like Merrick, who's like her mentor or whatever, that she has a you know, as a chosen one, a protector to fight vampires mm-hmm. or something. So she becomes less so, and you know, she's still kind of ditzy, but she finds inner strength and becomes a better sure. person by it's killing vampires. Kind of like vampires. a feminist story. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but it's just interesting that she plays, you know, kind of a bitchy, dumb girl mm-hmm. stereotype that we've established. Not necessarily slutty, but the ditzy, popular bitch girl that's been laid out as a cheerleader stereotype and then she transcends that by becoming a vampire sure. hunter so yeah. the next movie we want to talk about is from 1999 and it's called but i'm a cheerleader and that stars natasha leone from american pie and orange is the new black i'm talking about it in my next episode i am okay mm-hmm. i'm not going to talk about it too much i'm um, actually listener mandy mm-hmm. a friend of mine brought this movie up and i'd forgotten about it but it's essentially natasha leone's this like peppy cheerleader she's all happy she's also a lesbian yep. and her parents i think sent her to lesbian deep programming That's camp right. uh-huh and so I think they use the the peppy cheerleader and on the surface, like All-American Girl, mm-hmm. which I think adds to the stereotype, All-American Straight Girl, obviously because she's a cheerleader. Right. And then they circumvent that by saying, well, she's also a lesbian. Megan Bloomfield may look like most girls, but she has a terrible problem. You don't even like to kiss me. We think you're a lesbian. So now they're sending her to a place. It's only for a few months. Rehab, honey. Uh, Homosexuals Anonymous. That won't take gay for an answer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Natasha Leone. I'm not perverted. I get good grades. I go to church. I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Because friends don't let friends be gay. You know, in the gay community, that's the type of thing. It's like, I can't be a lesbian. I'm a cheerleader. Right. You know, that's kind of, that's the joke. You okay. Know? Yeah. That makes sense. They're using that stereotype as a, she's a good girl, but not a straight Girl. Sure. The whole movie is is flipping stereotypes on their right. head. That's the entire purpose of the movie, but you'll hear about it in next episode. Yeah. And then the last movie from the 90s I'm going to talk about is American Beauty mm-hmm. from 1999. Academy Award winning film, as yeah. a matter of fact. The reason I bring that up is because one of the main girls in there, played by Mina Savari, is a cheerleader. Right. And she's lusted after by Kevin Spacey's character, who's like the father of Mina Savari's friend, Thora Birch. Right. And so it's a twisty plot. I don't know if I liked the movie as much as I did when it first came out. You told me recently that you didn't think the movie holds up. I haven't seen it. In, I, I own it, but it I haven't again. seen it in years. Yeah. It could be because a lot of things have sort of ripped it off and that whole twisted suburbia sure. thing. And It was very original when it, it was came at the out. Time. Yeah. 
But what's interesting about that and the way the stereotypes played there is Kevin Spacey's fantasizing about her being a slutty cheerleader. And that she kind of plays that slutty character up when she and Thor Birch are talking about boys. They're talking about fucking boys. And Mina Safari is acting like she's this huge slut. Kevin Spacey overhears it and he has these, you know, those fantasies yeah. where she's cheering. He's like cheering, whacking off and flower and petals flower are coming petals out of her boobs. Yeah. Well, then the switch is he finally sort of gets alone with her. Yeah. And he's she, about to have sex right, with him. She and throws she, herself at him. And she's like, I'm a virgin. And it just kind of shatters the whole stereotype. Yeah. He's like, I don't care about it this anymore. Right. Yeah. So it was like his character had that stereotype in his mind of what this cheerleading being part of the slutty bad girl thing. It was just a front. She right. was actually using that as a front to seem like she was cooler than she was. So right. I bring that up because it's an interesting twist on that trope, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my next movie is probably the most important modern cheerleading movie of all time for many reasons. And that movie would be, do you know? I don't know. Bring It On. Oh, Bring 2000. It On. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that you could probably classify cheerleading movies and cheerleading characters before Bring It On, BB, and AB after Bring It On because that really was like the high water mark of cheerleading characters, but cheerleading movies. Mm-hmm. They haven't met since then. Oh, I feel terrible. I've never seen it. I watched it again not too long ago. It's good. Uh-huh. It's yeah. actually pretty good. I know people love... I I'm know. So, I know so many people that fucking love this yeah. movie. I was, I was in a different place in 2000. Yeah. I think I might have seen part of it a long time ago, but I, I sat through it, watched the whole thing for this episode, mm-hmm. and it's, it's good. It's I can see why people like it. Sure. For those who haven't seen it, which I can't believe they're out there now, it, okay, besides but Slate. me. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. So the, story the person re- sitting across from you hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. The story revolves around a girl named Torrance, who's the new captain of the cheerleading squad for her high school. Torrance? Torrance. That's a cheerleading, cheerleading name. name. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's not Bernadette. Mm-mm. Her cheerleading squad, the Toros, from her San Diego high school or whatever, she's elected the new captain by the old captain named Big Red, who goes on to college or whatever. Anyway, one of the players gets injured, so they get a new player who's this gymnast played by Eliza Dushku, the girl named Missy. Anyway, they practice their routines or whatever. What turns out, all the routines they used to have that Big Red had for them were stolen from this black high school in Compton. Oh. And so now they have to come up with all these new cheers for their competition because they stole all their old shit. And so there's conflict there and they compete sure. against each other. What is this like black school, white school type kind of, of thing? Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. And they're both like, like we're, we're cheerleaders, you know? Right. So it's pretty good. Yeah. It's actually a good movie. Okay. It's got a lot of tongue. It's a tongue in cheek kind of movie. It's like saying we know inherently there's some aspects of cheerleading that are just ridiculous. Right. We're just going to embrace it. Yeah. And have fun That's with great. it. And they do. So they, they definitely know what they're doing. But again, this movie also is, I think, the first movie to really deal with what is known as competitive cheerleading. I didn't talk about that when I brought up the history of cheerleading, but I'll talk about that a little bit now. Like I said, cheerleading hit the big time in the 70s with NFL and Dallas Cowboys, but then branched off into competitive cheerleading in 1978. So then more stunt coordinating and things like that got into competitive cheerleading yeah, throughout the Yeah, I mean, the there's 80s. always been controversy right. over whether cheerleading is a sport or right. not. Right, and yeah. there still is, even though ESPN has launched a nationwide, like, national high school cheerleading competition mm-hmm. That's been going on since the 80s, and it's a it's a big deal. Sure. And it is athletic. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And the routines are very complex. I'm they're fine really that cheerleading is a sport. I know. Right? I agree. Yeah. I agree with it. There's I mean, other problems in the world. I'm totally fine right. with that. No, I agree. And this movie was one of the first movies to really show the complexity and everything. So they sure. did a really good job with it. Like the yep. choreography is really good. Great. So, and another thing the movie does really well is again, it takes these privileged white kids who always used to win, you know, whatever, and somehow makes them underdogs that you don't hate. Right. Pretty noble feat considering all this history that's cheerleaders are terrible. And these cheerleaders kind of have some of those attributes. But again, you, you it legitimized it. It did. And it also was a hit. Mm-hmm. When it came out, it made $17.3 million domestically in its first weekend. And it was number one for two uh, more weeks after that. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And it was also important going forward, and I'll talk about this more near the end of this episode, that kind of movie proved it could be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a female-centered competition movie. Right. Which did really well in the box office. No one expected this thing to make money. They thought it'd be maybe a cult favorite or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it blew the fuck up. Yeah. And that's important going forward. One of the things it did was make a shitload of sequels. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to touch on those because they were all, I think, terrible. I think some were less terrible than others. Yeah. But I heard they were all terrible. Bring it on again from 2004. Original. Bring it on All or Nothing from 2006. Better. Bring it on In It to Win It from 2007. Mm, fine. And bring it on Fight to the Finish from 2009. Oof. But one thing that did happen, Bring It On the Musical came out, and that premiered in Atlanta, Georgia in 2011. Mm-hmm. Touring stage production premiered on Broadway on July 12th, 2012. It totaled 173 performances and garnered good it. reviews. Yeah. So Bring It On as a legacy. Is a, is a franchise. It is yeah. a franchise. Clearly hadn't reached the heights of the original. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a franchise. But people are still milking money out of it. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think since there was that high watermark, there was other movies that were trying to capitalize on the now new fame of cheerleaders and that they can base movies on them that weren't, you know, sexploitation or dumb bitches sure. that were mean. The movie that came out right after that was called Sugar and Spice from 2001. Do you know about this movie? No. Okay, so... It's a crime caper, mm-hmm. and it's about this girl, Diane, who's a popular head cheerleader of this high school, and she becomes pregnant by the star football quarterback named Jack. Get it, Jack and Diane? Oof. Yeah, I know, it's bad. The two move out of their parents' house into their apartment, but it's really expensive. They can't get money, so... Diane gets her friends who are in the cheerleading squad to plan and execute a robbery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Starting to yeah. ring a bell. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't do very yeah. well. It, I think, grossed $16 million worldwide on, on a $27 million budget. Oops. You know, and it automatically digressed back to that ditzy girl. You know, mm-hmm. we're nice girls, which is another way of juxtaposing the nice ditzy girls sure, with, with a robbery. robbery. Right, sure. Oddly enough, though, Sugar and Spice is based loosely on a true story. Oh, really? Yeah. So there were these four girls from Kingswood region of Houston who in May through July of 1999 went on a crime spree robbing four grocery stores and a bakery. They mm. called themselves the queens of armed robbery. Mm. Yeah. They bought drugs and body piercings with their money. they basic bitches. Okay. That's what they were. Yeah. <laughs> now, none of them were cheerleaders, but they were all like kind of popular girls right you know they they were just like normal students yeah, yeah. they weren't like bad girls kind of cool yeah so they kinda. went on a robbery yeah. yeah but i think with sugar and spice it sort of ended that renaissance i mean it was like oh yeah cheerleader stuff and then when they tried to do something different when it, it they're just like fell apart. bomb yeah yeah 
I mean, none of the Bring It On sequels really did much either. Right, right? sure. So it wasn't much anything. But I do have some follow-up movies because in the following 17 years, I want to kind of show you what kind of crap cheerleaders have been in. Great. Immediately after Sugar and Spice, there was a movie called Cheerleader Ninjas from 2002. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just going to touch on these real quick. It was about a group of church ladies who blamed some cheerleaders for uh, the invasion of internet smut into their children's bedrooms. The church ladies hire Stephen, a gay teacher from the local parochial reform school, to teach the cheerleaders a lesson by training a group of evil Catholic schoolgirls to fight them. It sounds like it might be okay. It's it's pretty bad. Okay. But again, it's using that stupid trope. They're just nice cheerleaders, but now they have ninja swords uh-huh, and shit, yep. right? Movie called Man of the House, starring Tommy Lee Jones as a Texas Ranger who has to go undercover as an assistant cheerleading coach to protect a group of cheerleaders because they witnessed a murder. So, uh-huh. I mean, it's that. Is this it's, a comedy? It's Oof. supposed, yeah, it's supposed to be. And again, it's the same dreadful. ditzy girl, cheerleader, scantily clad, dumb girl. But they're girl. like Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, the Tommy most un cheerleader right. actor ever. And Oof. he's a stern guy, but they'll show him how to lighten up or I don't know. That it, sounds it, it was dreadful. So the next thing I want to talk about is actually a TV show called Heroes from 2006. You remember the show? I do. It's like a superhero show. It was post-Lost or whatever. Yep. So there was a character on that show called Claire Bennett, played by Hayden Panettiere, and she was this cheerleader, you know, this all-American girl, mm-hmm. but she had these special superpowers where she was indestructible and she couldn't be hurt. Oh. And so she was all like, you know, this good girl, but she had this special power, very similar to Buffy. She's extraordinary, but she's trying to live this normal life. And they even had the tagline from the show, if you remember, it was like, save the cheerleader, save the world, was this whole thing. My name is Hiro Nakamura. I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. I don't have much time. I'm risking a rift just by coming here. The girl, you have to save her. What girl? The cheerleader. It's the only way to prevent it. Prevent what? Everything. Listen to me. She must live. Wait! Save the cheerleader, save the world! Wait, hero? I don't understand! Yeah, I just wanted to point that out because, you know, it was a prominent cheerleader character in a TV show. And I didn't mention this before, but Hayden Pinatier was actually in one of the awful Bring It On sequels. Oh, really? Like Bring It On, All or Nothing, or I don't know, one of those fucking There's ones. like a million of them. Great. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a fun fact on that. The next movie I want to talk about is Ninja Cheerleaders from 2008, not to be confused with Cheerleading Ninjas. This one stars... George Takai as a ninja sensei. Guess he needed the money. Mm-hmm. And he has to be rescued by his three cheerleader stripper students from a mafia boss and his evil ninja girlfriend. I, I don't know. I, I yeah, guess. I feel bad Everyone's for George Takai. Everyone's got to pay the bills. I kind of watched some of that. It's fucking awful. Again, they're trying to make the badass kind of Buffy type of ninja right. girls that are cheerleaders. Add in the, the slutty element, but mm-hmm. it was, it's yeah, it was bad. Yep. And it wasn't slutty enough. Right. Jennifer's Body from 2009. Yeah. All right. It's a supernatural horror black comedy written by Diablo Cody, you know, who wrote Juno mm-hmm. or whatever. The film stars Megan Fox as a cheerleader who gets killed in the satanic sacrifice. These rock band guys want to be famous. She's goes and hangs out with them and then gets basically murdered and gets possessed by a demon. And it plays up the slutty cheerleading trope. She's she's also friends with, I forgot the actress's name, but another actress who's not cool. So it kind of takes elements of the Bernadette character. The oh, not sure. Cool she's such a Bernadette. Yeah, she's definitely a Bernadette. And, and Megan Fox, a.k.a. Jennifer, is the cool girl, but she's slutty and she's kind of dumb because she's dumb enough to go with a rock band, but then she becomes like a demon. So it can, they're juxtaposing her slutty cheerleading side with a demon that eats people. Mm-hmm. Named after a whole song, Jennifer's Body. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they play it over the credits. Yep. Fun fact. The next movie I want to talk about real quick is a movie called Spirit Camp from 2009. Mm-hmm. Again, we're back with the summer camp movie with cheerleaders. This one is, a, is basically the same as Cheerleading Camp from 1988 in that 
these girls go to the camp and they're murdered one by one. Mm-hmm. This one, though, kind of upends some of the stereotypes where it's got the bitchy cheerleaders, the slutty cheerleaders are all there. The gay cheerleading guys, you know, that stupid stereotype. And then the protagonist of this one is this goth girl who's kind of forced to be in a cheerleading because she's bad. She got in trouble. So she's forced to be part of this cheerleading thing. So mm-hmm. now you got the cool girl who's too cool for cheerleading. Right. Which is sort of a carryover from Eliza Dushku's character and bring it on because she was a gymnast. She was too cool for cheerleading, but then kind of got on board with it. Right. Sure. But this goth girl, she's like, turns out to be the one that fights back against the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And she's played by an actress, uh, Roxy Vandiver. The reason I bring that up is because my friend from work, Sharon, she's a listener. She's mm-hmm. a friend from work. She knows this girl and I was this close to getting an interview with oh, her. But I can say so that would have been our first spirit. interview on Slums yeah. of Film History. But it, again, the movie's not good. It's trash. Right. But it's another summer camp cheerleading movie with the trope of, you know, the mean girls, the too cool for school cheerleaders. But it's it's just playing with those tropes again. Yep. Next movie uh, I'm going to bring up, though, is a movie called Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader. Mm-hmm. It's fucking dreadful, but it's a Roger Corman produced flick starring Treat Williams and Sean Young. Oh, wow. It's terrible. It's about a cheerleader that grows, fights another cheerleader, her top gets ripped off. It's exploitation. It's Corman, of course, mm-hmm. so it's exploitation. But he's still cranking out these shitty movies even in uh, 2012. Yeah. Love him. And then my last movie I want to discuss... Is from 2013. It's called All Cheerleaders Die. Have you heard of this movie? Nope. It's a horror comedy about cheerleaders who get killed but are resurrected through some sort of Wiccan ritual and they develop a thirst for blood. So they're kind of like, it's kind of like zombie cheerleaders. Okay. I heard it's pretty good. I haven't seen it. But the movie seems to treat the cheerleaders as sexy badasses with attitude. You know what I mean? Again, they're trying to use that good girl stereotype. Oh, their cheerleaders are nice, but then they they kill people and drink blood, mm-hmm. you know? So, the, again, it's riding off that nice girl, they're cute, you know, and then they kill sure. motherfuckers. So, I think this is a good place to end this topic because it seems like, at least for now, the whole cheerleader character in movies are stuck representing the negative stereotypes from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It's mm-hmm. so like there's a high watermark with Bring It On, and they sort of reinvented the whole cheerleader character ideal. And then immediately afterward, it just kind of went back to shit. Right, right. Even the 50 million sequels of Bring It On didn't seem to be able to erase the whole stupid, naive, slutty, mean girl, dark secret stereotype that permeated cheerleaders sure. You know, throughout the history of film. And I feel bad about that because, honestly, cheerleading is a pretty difficult sport. Yeah, totally. It takes a lot of skill and you know a lot of practice. And I think it deserves more respect than it gets on screen. Add to the fact that cheerleaders in real life have to fight these stereotypes of being sluts and bitches. And not only that, but now they have to watch their back in case, you know, at any moment, Bernadette wants to come and stab the shit out of him. <laughs> you know, it's a real, it's a real threat, it's, it's a real problem. I, I understand. So, you know, the struggle's real. Yeah, for cheerleaders. One last thing I do want to mention about bringing on though, and I think it's the biggest legacy. You know, again, it didn't ultimately change the stereotypes of cheerleaders, but what it did do was it showed that a female-centered competition type of film could be successful, mm-hmm. which before that I don't think was the case. As a matter of fact, when that film came out, nobody thought it was going to do well. Yeah, I bet. And it blew the fuck up, which opened the doors for other movies. So even though it didn't really help cheerleaders in the long run, I think movies like Pitch Perfect yeah, wouldn't, be, about that. wouldn't exist today if it wasn't for the doors that were opened by Bring It On. Yeah, that's interesting. And as we say that, there's like Pitch Perfect 3 is coming out in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. It looks terrible, Bill, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, looks awful. it looks fucking awful. But anyway, there's a good legacy for that. Yeah, ultimately. absolutely. So that's all I got to say about this. What did you think? I thought it was great. Uh, it was really interesting. I didn't know much about cheerleaders, so 
contrary to popular belief, I was not a cheerleader. You I weren't? was not the only male cheerleader in uh, my high school. No, I think you missed your calling. I was in the I was in the drama club. You know. <laughs> okay. No, yes, you yeah. actually achieved your calling. Uh, no, it was super interesting. I, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. All right, well, good. I'm glad you liked it. So that's it. That's all I've got for cheerleading. But we're back, season four. Here we go. The well, first thanks everyone for sticking with us. I think before we go out, we should go out with a, a cheer. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. So S L U M S. We are the fucking best. Go slums. Go slums. Mm-hmm. No. Well. No. Yes. All right. Clearly, I'm the Bernadette of this group yeah. here. So. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com, where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Sunday Slum Day, our weekly recommendation for the best and sometimes worst films every Sunday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter, where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. My next movie is probably the most important modern cheerleading movie of all time. Guess which movie that is. I have no idea. Oh, election. Sorry. Failed. Fail. Let's try this again. Let's try that again.